Morning. Sam. Morning. Morning, Johnny. Morning, Al. Welcome to this episode of Recovery People. We're going to have a meeting of AA. So, welcome to the Sunday morning meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous at Kent Church. My name's Al, I'm alcoholic. Hello. Um, thanks all for coming. Um, can you just check your mobiles are switched off? And could we have a moment's silence to remember why we're here and the still suffering alcoholic in and outside these rooms? And uh, does anyone wish to remember the preamble? Alcoholics Anonymous is a Speak up, fellowship of men and women who share the experience, strength, and hope with each, each other, other that they may solve their common problem, problem and help each other recover from alcoholism. There are no Jews. The only requirement for membership <laughs> is a desire to stop drinking. There, there are no dues or fees for membership. Alcoholics Anonymous is self-supporting through its own contributions. I'm sorry, Alcoholics Anonymous neither supports nor endorses any causes, doesn't support any organisation, cause or politics, something like that. The primary purpose is to stay sober and help other alcoholics achieve sobriety. So we're going to have a short reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and then share on that reading or on anything else that's bothering us in relation to our problems with alcohol. Does anyone wish to pick a reading? No, just useful. Unless anyone else wants one. Particular favourite? Um... I don't know, I like on a Sunday to do something about the sort of spiritual side of... Appendix 2 then? No, not Appendix 2, from We Agnostics. Do you want to do Appendix 2? We have Appendix 2 as well, we Appendix 2. No, do We Agnostics, that's fine. You choose, Al. Yeah, I'll do the Okay, this is from We Agnostics. Now we'll start. This world of ours has made more material progress in the last century than, all, than in all the millenniums which went before. Almost everyone knows the reason. Students of ancient history tell us that the intellect of men in those days was equal to the best of today, yet in ancient times material progress was painfully slow. The spirit of modern scientific inquiry, research and invention was almost unknown. In the realm of the material, men's minds were fettered by superstition, tradition and all sorts of fixed ideas. Some of the contemporaries of Columbus thought a round earth preposterous. Others came near putting Galileo to death for his astronomical heresies. Heresies. We asked ourselves this, 
Are not some of us just as biased and unreasonable about the realm of the spirit as were the ancients about the realm of the material? Even in the present century, American newspapers were afraid to print an account of the Wright brothers' first successful flight at Kitty Hawk. Had not all efforts at flight failed before? Did not Professor Langley's flying machine go to the bottom of the Potomac River? Was it not true that the best math mathematical minds had proved man could never fly? Had not people said God had reserved this privilege to the birds? Only 30 years later, the conquest of the air was almost an old story, and airplane travel was in full swing. But in most fields, our generation has witnessed complete liberation of our thinking. Show any longshoreman a Sunday supplement describing a proposal to explore the moon by means of a rocket, and you will say, I bet they do it, maybe not so long either. Is not our age characterised by the ease with which we discard old ideas for new, by the complete readiness with which we throw away the theory or gadget, which does not work for something new which does? We had to ask ourselves why we shouldn't apply to our human problems the same readiness to change our point of view. We were having trouble with personal relationships. We couldn't control our emotional natures. We were a prey to misery and depression. We couldn't make a living. We had a feeling of uselessness. We were full of fear. We were unhappy. We couldn't seem to be of real help to other people. Was not a basic solution of these bedevilments more important than whether we should see newsreels of lunar flight? Of course it was. When we saw others solve their problems by a simple reliance upon the spirit of the universe, we had to stop doubting the power of God. Our ideas did not work, but the God idea did. Sam? Thanks, Sam. Sam. Uh oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> Meeting's now open. Hello. Well, I like that reading. My, my name's Alan, I'll call it. I like that reading because, you know, I, you know, you're talking about Appendix Two. You know, an attitude of contempt before investigation, and you know, I had this idea that, um, you know, I was clever, you know, and I and I could solve my problems by thinking it through and making decisions, you know, based on a rational kind of thought process. And that, you know, God didn't exist. And I, you know, and so I had to sort things out for myself, you know, based on logic. And so I didn't, I didn't have any faith in, in any kind of power greater myself. I'm prepared to believe in all sorts of things that I've got no evidence for, you know, like, um, you know, um, you know, theories about um, physics, you know, th you know, things like, um, you know, gravity, you know, I believe in gravity, although I've got no real, you know, uh, it's just a theory, isn't it, you know, so... You know that 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 reading. Um, it's like uh, I can I, I can believe in um, material things that were previously impossible. So why can't I change my mind about spiritual matters? And um, you know the the evidence and the the fellowships of people doing that and 
successfully change and was there for me to to do so I did <coughs> I'll try to mm -hmm. That's it, thanks. Thanks, Al. Thanks very much coming. for your share. Thank you. I'll maybe come back in, you know. Okay. <laughs> Sam, I'll call it. Sam. Um, yeah, the spiritual thing for me was um, it's like when you go through each step, every step has a, a principle. We don't often talk about the principles, you know, the honesty.
following my gut instinct and people say gut instinct, god instinct. I don't can't understand it, but I just know it works. And it's how many days? Uh, a week off being two years. Well, yeah, well, 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 so I'm going to carry on what I'm doing. I'll leave it there, thanks. Thanks, Sam. Yeah, Gwen alcoholic. Okay. Yeah, I resonated with a lot of what you were saying there, what's been said. I never, ever, ever had a problem with a God. So many people I listen to really struggle with God, but I've always known God since I was a youngster. But being willing to hand over and hand over my life and my will to God, fuck that. <laughs> no way am I letting, you know, this honesty and all of this stuff come into my life. I'll lose everything that I've been trying to build. Something horrible is going to happen. Everyone's going to hate me. <laughs> I'll just stay in my own little ball of fear and distress and just drink because that makes it go away and, you know, do other stuff and, you know. Yeah, so, so there's been times in my life where it's all got on top and I've managed to just go and hand it over to God, even when I was drinking. And, and those things have turned out all right, always all right. I've just handed over. And, you know, there's there's certain points all the way from my childhood, which I can remember coming to a point. But, you know, when it really was too much, I'd hand over to God. And, and uh, so, yeah, when I came into AA, I, I was I was already, already, already uh, prepped and prepared. Um, and it was just getting over the willingness to hand everything over to God and I still struggle with that sometimes I have to catch myself and pray and sometimes I say God look I'm handing over I'm trying to hand over I'm finding it really difficult please <coughs> the strength to hand over my life and my will to you and when I do things things are better even if mad stuff is happening things are easier to deal with and to cope with and they they're not it's not everything on top time it's sort of generally comes one at a time and everything feels okay and for some reason I'll be really mad busy doing loads of stuff and you know, it's really on top of me. I haven't had a meeting uh, if I take the time to go out and have a meeting you know to take that time to meditate and something even though I've taken that chunk of time out of my day so much more productive stuff gets done I mean, mm -hmm. and uh I come, I come over for this meeting. I was going, oh, I haven't got time. I'm going, <laughs> just, you need to stop. If it's a couple of hours, it's a couple of hours because otherwise nothing's going to happen today. Um, and uh, just listening to what's being said and sharing myself, it feels a lot more manageable already. And, you know, sometimes I need, you know, daily check-in, twice daily check-in, four, five, six times a day. And, you know, I, I need to just stop and, stop and check in um, and that gets me through the day but, uh, yeah so really glad to be here thanks Hi, Glenn. Glenn. I'm Johnny I'm an alcoholic Hi, Johnny. Johnny. Um, yeah I, I um, I've liked uh, you know resonate with a lot of what you guys have said and um, my own take on it is that, uh, yeah, I, I was never bothered by the, the God, God, but I now realise that I didn't really, 
I grew up with it all school and chapel and church and all that sort of thing. <coughs> Carols on Christmas Eve and all that kind of thing. It, but I now realise I had no connection. It was just a sort of by rote. It was just sort of what we did. I didn't really have any lip service. Yeah, it was just lip service. Thank you, Al. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that's very, very, very different today. And um, and yes, as was mentioned, that um, I have called on God. God help me. You know, in the dark place, and I've actually received help and most notably when I was desperate I called out to God and the next day the phone call came through from the rehab you're, you've got your place you can come and you can come to rehab oh thank God for that because it was either I'd got to that place or it was either out on the street doing crime and you know to score and to drink and you know and that. I'd lost everything um, and I just knew that I'm an absolute rubbish criminal and that I'd be in prison before very long. So um, <laughs> so the only place to go was to ask God, you know, to cry out to God, help me, I don't know what to fucking do. And so the next day I got into rehab and that, and that was great. But I'm also really, really good at taking back my will I know best. And when, after a few weeks, a few months of abstinence, you know, I'm feeling better again. You know, I'm, I'm back in charge of the world. I'm running the world again. And so, you know, so I forget about God and like, and, and that aspect of the power greater than me, because I am the power, I'm the greatest power. I'm in charge of my life. I've got better now. I can handle it all again. I can take it all on, take it all on. And needless to say, this illness, you know, this is a progressive illness and so, it doesn't take very long, or it did not take terribly long, um, to be spiralling back down. And whether that process took a few weeks or a few years, uh, it always ended up in the dark place and a deeper, deeper, darker, darker place than before. And um, I'm uh, now uh, 22 months or something since I last picked up and um, go on Johnny. and to to get to that point of stopping again um, you know that was nine or eight and a half years between my last period of sobriety when I, I came to the rooms and I, and I was doing step work and but I I look back again and I realize I I didn't really get it I, I was just sort of the words on the wall on the at the meetings and the 12 sentences there and um, I didn't really get it, and it took another eight and a half years of mayhem and getting more and more until I ended up really. I was I was just constantly drinking vodka all day long. I just I never was without vodka. I never was. I, I, my best time of day for drinking, you know, because it was pretty good, was four a.m. till eight a.m. That was what I really liked to drink. Uh, but you know, I just kept drinking all day long. Really, I never had. I was a top up. I think was a, uh, to I was just topping up drinker, and I, I would drink until it was late, and I could just crash out for a few hours and wake up in the night to go to the toilet, and I had my vodka to have a few swigs of that, sort of get back to bed again. That's what that's where it took me, and my family didn't want to know me, <coughs> and uh, and so in that dark place, uh, sort of two years ago, two and a half years ago, 
I got involved in some pretty heavy duty car accidents, you know, not just one, but two, three in fact. And these were write-offs and I walked away from them. Um, one, one, I had a cracked ankle, which was a bit painful, but the cars were destroyed. And how, how I'm not dead, you know, I share this often, I should be dead, but I'm not. And so, you know, my coming to believe that the power greater than me is a loving, caring God that um, is, is actually looking after me. And, you know, the, the poem, uh, Footprints in the Sand, that uh, many of us know, about, about the place where there's only one set of footprints in the sand. And God, where were you? Well, my son, I was carrying you through the dark place at that time. And so, you know, that I believe, that I have, I have come to believe by being slapped about the head with a car accident or two, that, um, you know, I'm not meant to be dead. I'm, I'm, God has looked after me, um, has seen me through this trial. And even to say, well, I knew about 12 step, you know, to 35 years ago, to have still gone through that whole life, living of life and nearly dying, but not, uh, that is my path through my experience and the strength I have today is gained from that experience and so for me to say well I wish I'd got it then and I hadn't had those 30 years well it's all irrelevant, it's all historical, it doesn't matter, it's, it's, it's all gone but that was God's path for me and that is that, that experience has contributed to the strength that I have today and I have absolutely no interest in drinking um, I can I can go and have a soda and suffer with my friends at a pub. I can be at a festival where you know it's all going on. I can really enjoy. I found I can really enjoy myself much more than I ever did piss. Why did I get pissed? There are these wonderful things to enjoy. You know, sober, dancing, sober. You know, chatting with friends, sober, enjoying beautiful things, sober. And it was so. It's so good. It's so wonderful. And why did I do all that? Because. I'm an alcoholic, I'm an addict, I'm powerless. And until I accepted that in step one, you know, unequivocally, there was you know, like absolutely no, you know, utterly surrendered to that simple fact that if I pick up, it goes to shit, everything goes to shit. And so in the first place, coming back in, it was 90 meetings in 90 days, and then another 90 meetings in 90 days, and just meetings, 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 and doing the steps, reading the steps, listening to things, and coming to love the fellowship, and coming, as was mentioned earlier, to, to begin to understand what those words actually mean, and then begin to live the steps in my life, and follow the principles, and to see the sort of fantastic depth of those steps, those sort of simple sentences on the wall, or in the book, you know, and to actually see the glory, you know, really glorious depth of um, meaning and subtlety and strength and guidance. And I get that by being willing, was then finally, Lord, slap me around the head. I, I, I even saw, you know, I even saw in a sort of one of my places of doing a geographical early one morning I saw the face of the Grim Reaper I thought fucking hell they've come for me maybe I died in one of those car accidents maybe I'm on another and it was just the sunlight in the dust on the floor but I took a photo of it and I still have that photo to remind me and I now realize it wasn't it wasn't the Grim Reaper come to collect me it was the Dark Lord I call it the Dark Lord who'd come like the 
the, the grim headmaster that loves you but is going to give you six of the best anyway because you've been so naughty and wants you to wake up. And this vision was what made me realise that I'm either going crazy or I've got to actually now do something about this insanity of this place I'm in. And and so that was that was the beginning of, of the next three months which uh, resulted in me coming back home, dealing with my shit, putting the drink down, getting to meetings every day, every day, every day, and coming to believe that there is a power greater than myself, that today I utterly trust, I have absolute faith, and I my prayers are very simple my prayer is god you know guide me in your way on your path that you want me to take take my will and let let my actions be only your will and as also was mentioned earlier i find that when i devote and it doesn't have to be very many minutes or very, very much actual time in my day but if i actually make conscious contact for a very specific period of time in my life and, and I am with God in that moment in, in the middle of a field or in my kitchen or I walk to a little place that I like in Gloucester where I live which is you know, I go there and talk to God for a few minutes and ask that ask for help ask for guidance and I get it and I get it in spades and it's like wow and you know all that business of me controlling everything and I've got to get the jobs done and I've got to sort the family out and I've got to do this and I've got to do that and I've got to, if I just say, God, you do it, you know, just, just point me in the right direction, just show me the way, and I'll go there. And I get that over and over and over again, and whether it's the phone call at the right moment, or bumping into, you know, the right person in the street at the right moment who says something I need to hear, or indeed, if I am the one that says something they needed to hear in that moment. And, and for me, this is giving it away to keep it, it's um, working with others, it's going to meetings, it's all, it's all these things we do with integrity and... And, and selflessness and um, and I'm out of my head doing my will and I just I, I feel calm today I feel energized I feel positive um, and I'm not I'm you know and I'm loving my life today and I I'm not thinking oh well I'm because I'm not drinking because I'm not drinking. well it is because I'm not drinking but it's so much more than that that is just like the very basic bit of it and our program only talks about alcohol in step one the rest of it is a spiritual program and the rest of it is you know is spiritual development and uh, and practically on a daily basis the divine is is revealed and it's it's wonderful and it's uh, I feel I am growing as a human being as a man uh, maturing and um, I'm putting to bed, I'm able to put to, to put, put away the demons, <clears throat> the little unloved boy, the abandonment, you know, all this stuff. You know, I've been able with this 12-step program process is, is to work through that stuff and put it behind and live today, keep it in the day, and, um, and give thanks for my friendships and associations and, and uh, the power that is within me that is... I'm a conduit. I've said, you know, I realise that, and I said that to other people. Say, oh, well done, Johnny. Well done. Well done. You know, <laughs> great. Yeah, great. Thanks. But it's not me. It's I'm the conduit. That's all. And um, and I'm I've and with that, and, and I really you know that, and I believe that, and know that I I'm a tool of God's will, and and on a personal level, life is just so much better than it ever ever was. And um, there's, you know, I I just I've got no in. I just 
don't do drinking and all that that promises, you know, ooh, you know. Just no thanks. Don't want it. I don't want I want this. And so I keep this and like you know, at the festi, right, <clears throat> on the blow up bed, you know, that has run out of air in the middle of the night, it's hard hip on the floor. Well, if I don't go to meetings, I get a bit of that. If I go to meetings, it's like it pumps up my recovery on a regular basis. So I never hit the hard floor again. I may get in I may get into situations that are a little challenging, but I've got my pumped up airbed of recovery with me all the time. And because I engage with it on a regular basis. And that's mostly several times a week, but occasionally it's once a week. It's not as often, but it is regular and it is something I love to do. I love to take part in fellowship meetings and um, I, I just I just wouldn't I just miss it when when I when I've been more than a day or two or a few away from conscious contact with fellowship and with the God of my understanding and, um, yeah so I think I'll leave it there thank you very much thanks John can I say something Hi, Lynn. Uh, I'm Lynn. Hi, Lynn. Hi, Lynn. Hi, Lynn. Uh, I'm a, a co-fanion, which is similar to an alcoholic, it's the same size. Different side of the same coin. So it's also a control. But instead of controlling um, yourself through alcohol, you're controlling yourself through another person. Mm. So um, it feels like you're in control, but you're not. And what it does is it gently, cannily, disguises yourself so you're not actually being yourself because you're being you're living through someone else so it can be really um, it can be really nasty and then that person come, comes to resent that control obviously and um, the height of my codependency I was really beaten to death and they still didn't leave so that is really bad position to be in, especially when you've got children and stuff and everything to live for, but um, the grip of, I know what the grip of that alcohol is like because it's a similar thing and it's not just a substance, it's something in your head, it's not just a chemical in your body, it might be a chemical in your body, but it's produced by this thing which is the control and the, yeah, and I did meet God once when I was absolutely desperate a massage and he gave me a massage and all my um, dread and fear and self-loathing all trained out of me and was replaced by pink fluffy love and so that was my first meeting with God because in our circle friends you don't have God do you? God doesn't exist so um, I was quite brave I think to actually go well I've had a God experience actually yeah mm. and I took with, with myself Ten or so women out of codependency. We all clubbed together and we got ourselves out of codependency. And I've done twelve steps from Al-Anon. I don't practice it as much as you guys, but I do. And I practice God a lot. I remember having a vision once similar to yours when I was in a real state and I could not get these controlling thoughts out of my head. I couldn't banish them, they kept going around in my head, so I wasn't allowed to be on my own, I had to keep being busy, because every time I was on my own I'd have these thoughts take over my head, and they got so bad that one day I actually conjured this 
huge like giant cloud and it covered half the sky and it was this gnarling laughing creature and it was like what was in my head got control of me so that night I decided I was just going to every time I I had one of those horrible thoughts I was just going to say the Lord's Prayer and I did and I spent the next 36 hours just saying the Lord's Prayer again and again and again about not having you know not looking at things planning applications and putting them to one side and things and actually having the guts to actually look at the bills and because when you've got an alcoholic you're too busy it's all his fault isn't it because you're looking at the bills so so then you realize after a while that the girls that you're with they're you're codependent with them as well because you're you're still not looking at yourself. You're still not being able to be on yourself, by yourself. So in the last couple of years, I've just been on my own. And that's been really difficult. But it's been okay because every time I start to get um, into a difficult headspace, I just say the Lord's Prayer. God and he's like symbolic and he sits on a nice fluffy cloud with me and we've both got us he's got sandals on because he's God isn't he in a white robe classical God and I'm there with my shoes off and we're sitting on this cloud and I'm swinging my feet and he's looking down all over the earth and he goes well so you know better than me then do you <laughs> and I go no I don't so I just let be like today I'm supposed to be working there but it just hasn't happened so I just just letting it be and not controlling it. So it's, it's the same as being an alcoholic, but slightly different. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Nancy. I'm an alcoholic. Yeah. I just um, sometimes I'm in a meeting and I just start. I want to start talking about Einstein, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, I better not, you know. E equals MC squared. Energy equals mass times the square of the speed of light. Which basically, because it's like there's you know there's this apparent disconnect between science and spirituality. But basically, what that formula is saying is that matter is energy. You know, so we're we're we we think we're solid. We think we're all, you know, um, independent separate entities but science science says we're beings of pure energy in this universal energy field the spirit of the universe as it says in there you know and the you know so we're all actually connected as you know in this energy field and the idea that we're separate beings is an illusion that's science right and it's like but that just sounds really far out you know i mean it's like i'm not fucking energy you know i'm like i'm solid you know the energy is like fire or electricity or something like that you know but the so the the you know when you actually get down to it there actually isn't a disconnect between 
spiritual concepts and scientific concepts, you know, they're kind of, they just, in society, there's this idea that you can, you, you know, if you believe in science, you're, you can't believe in God, you know, and then we know that God is a word that's used to express an idea, you know, this, you know, so, you know, that's why they talk about higher power or power getting yourself because of people's prejudice against that word and it's like get over that you know it's just a word and then the the beauty of the 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 big book Alcoholics Anonymous is choose your own conception of God you know that for me is absolutely massive you know and uh, and, it, and, it, and it also who's Who's ever gonna actually figure it out? You know, the the whole idea is it's uh, you know God isn't is unknowable. We all come to our own conclusion, our own idea. You know, and it's just for me, it's you know my 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 kind of higher power is that universal energy field. You know, and and connecting, consciously connecting with that. You know, to get myself out of self mm-hmm. instead of using alcohol and drugs to get out of my head. I I. I use a program, you know, I, I connect with our alcoholics and addicts and, um, and, and you know, practice the principles of the 12 steps and, uh, and it's better, you know. I keep waking up really happy, you know. It's like, <laughs> I'm still, still getting used to that, you know. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to keep doing it because... And it's a journey, isn't it? You know, and we learn. You know, and every time you sit in a meeting and listen to, to other people talk and share, you know, pick up something from it, build on it. Thanks, thanks for letting me share. Really, yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Al. Wasn't it Einstein that said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing twice and expecting a different result? Yeah. Uh, Which is exactly what I did with drinking, and yeah. what you were talking about waking up happy. And mm. then I'd like I'd expect to not wake up with absolute dread. Mm. What the fuck did yeah. I do last night? Oh mm. my god, do I dare to check the phone? Oh, I'm on, I don't know where my phone is. Mm. <laughs> oh my god, I'm just mm. gonna hide here and crawl into a ball. Mm. <laughs> Lulling my hangover for a mm. bit, try and get over the hangover. Maybe I'll just have a, another drink. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, run out of vodka. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's that this time it's going to be different. Yeah. Mm. Of course yeah. it isn't. <laughs> That's going to be a really go good one. Go on, Tizzo, on you go. Go on. Go on. Go on. Go on. Go on. Here we have the voice of dog. Yeah, okay. Well, anyone else want to share? Well, that brings good, us to the end you. of sharing time. Um, um, but not the end of the meeting. Uh, tradition 7, we're self supporting through our own contributions. So. Um, <laughs> pay for a room hire, tea and coffee and everything. <laughs> but none of us have got any change on us, so we'll, 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 we'll see. Well, it's an honest programme, so I have to say that I have. Oh, look, quite a lot. Mm-hmm. So I'll donate, no, no, you, you, I'll you donate the olives and... Put it into the next meeting. Okay. And uh, Sam's going to read the promises. We can find them. Do you want me to do it, or Johnny? Do you want to do it? I'll do it. Yeah, you do. Oh no, I've got them.
Have you heard the step nine promises, Lynn? If we're painstaking about this phase of our development, we'll be amazed before we're halfway through. We're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past, nor wish to shut the door upon it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We'll intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realise that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialise if we work for them. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Sam. Uh, just remind you of Tradition 12. Anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Remember the yellow card who you see here, what you hear here, when you leave here, let it stay here. Yeah. Now, could you lead us out with the serenity prayer, please, Johnny? Oh, yes. Um, will you join me in the serenity prayer using the word God as you do or do not understand? God, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Keep coming, Keep coming back. back. <laughs> it works if you work it, so work it, you'll work it. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, everyone. So you feel really nice and peaceful there. <laughs> <sighs> mm.